am the host of this podcast, Yeah, We Read It. And I'm Maggie. I'm also the host of this podcast, Yeah, We Read It. And this is the podcast where Maggie and I, we are best friends. We are reading young adult books, and right now we are reading Gossip Girl, and we're on the 10th book, Would I Lie to You? And if you tuned in last week, you will know that we are finally dealing with ghostwriters, and boy, who'd they contract for this one? Ugh, you know, they call them ghostwriters because it's so scary how they ruined the story that was set up before them. They call them ghostwriters because <laughs> I bet that this person hid when the witness know, protection was, program after this one. Uh Listeners, Maggie and I were talking off the mic and we were like, if this book came out this year, you could not convince me that this wasn't written by AI because it just feels so auto-generated. But since it came out in like 2009, AI didn't exist. So someone clearly wrote down a bunch of words and stringed these sentences together for the worst Gossip Girl book in the series so far. Yeah, it feels like someone who is so stressed about carrying on the legacy of Gossip Girl that they almost overextended themselves. Like I can feel how researched and almost delicate things are to a point where it's like, yeah, okay, you didn't actually think about the action, but you were more so worried about how's it gonna look what is it gonna yeah what are the descriptors um things like that yeah they they really like wanted to be like and here's a a, a touch point from a few books ago that i remember and things like that but they really dropped the ball on like i think the i can't believe i'm about to say this the heart of what gossip girl is which is a shitty girl book and this this, and it's these people are rich and they're mean and they gossip and that's the thing and like the all of the grit uh that these books do have was just completely sucked out yeah and the dialogue was really flat uh everything was so (sighs) flat in this book like there was no like up and down it literally was just like it was just driving in a straight line the whole time that's what this book does so let's dive into this book we start with the gossip girl post classic we're familiar with this blair and serena are bailey winter's new fashion icons that's it (laughs) that's the gossip girl post that's basically it. We left. We pick up where we left off, where Nate is still yeah. working for his coach in the Hamptons. Dan cheated on Vanessa with Bree, super skate all-star. Uh, and Vanessa is just sort of in limbo babysitting for these twins. Yeah, sucks for her. She's kind of had, like, the, you know, most normal summer, I would say. Like, her boyfriend cheated on her and she got a babysitting job. Yeah, she's kind of the opposite of nepotism where she just kind of falls into jobs and that's what she's yeah. working now. Which is also a nice yeah. life, you know? Yeah, I mean, she's it's for a rich family. It's gonna work out for her. Um, Blair and Serena, they get to Bailey's house in the Hamptons uh, and they're introduced to Stefan, who is this very hot German pool boy, butler assistant type person. And they also meet two models uh, named Fetlana and Ibiza who look kind of like Blair and Serena, but not quite. When we ended the last book, did you get in your mind the idea that Blair and Serena were going to be like the face of this fashion line? Because yeah, I, that's what I thought. Yeah, so now it's it's very weird uh, shift, and I wonder I wonder if this book this book feels like it has a different ghostwriter than the last book. So I wonder if this writer is just like, and this is the direction I'm taking it. But it really did seem like Blair and Serena were going to be the muses and the models and like everything, like the driving factors behind this line. Uh, but that is no longer the case. Yes, they've been demoted to just muses. 
like Laura said, Abiza and Svetlana yes. are going to be taking their spots. And immediately Blair susses these two, um, like, Norwegian models out as fake fans, not real hoes. Mm-hmm. But time will tell. Blair and Serena are going to be staying in Bailey Winter's pool house for the summer, which is coincidentally very close to the Archibald's estate in the Hamptons. Yes. Um Coach's wife gets a promotion in this book because she actually has lines, um, but her lines just make her a horny housewife. Um, she finds Nate smoking weed in their attic and she's like, oh, hi, Nate. The coach is gone for a couple of weeks. Wouldn't you know it's just me and you in this big old house? And that's kind of the vibe that she's giving. Yeah, Babs is like, I have a little butterfly tattoo on my back and I can't reach it with this lotion. So she has Nate put lotion on her back. And she goes, oh, that lotion feels so good. She doesn't, but it's implied. (laughs) Exactly. Stacy's mom does not have it going on in this book. No. No, no. Um, and, and here's the thing is like, Nate just liked watching her topless from afar. All of this conversing is too much for his stoner brain. Yes. We are introduced to a new thing the ghostwriter wants to do, which is stuttering. So when Babs asks him to put lotion on her back. <laughs> I didn't even pick up on that. So true. Nate is like, uh, 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 what do I do with my hands? Doesn't know what to do. He calls Anthony instead. Nate who like, okay. And I'm not saying that Nate can't advocate for himself and have boundaries it's just a different nate that we've known who was just seducing a lacrosse coach from brown university like three books ago i find it right like i find it in disbelief that uh nate a few books ago was downright fucking an admissions counselor uh to not just like doing it with coach's wife like that is so in nate's character i guess viagra just like changes your brain chemistry yeah, it really, you guys got to be careful with Viagra. It'll make you a simp. Yeah, it'll um, make you have like, oh, should I actually maybe not hook up with older people? That might not be good for my psyche. <laughs> yeah, it'll make you have second thoughts about where you put your penis. Um, meanwhile, Dan, they did carry over the fact that he still works at the Strand Bookstore, which is something the ghostwriter from last book made up. Uh, and he is once again musing over Vanessa and how it's their last summer together, which feel, felt a little weird because it's like Vanessa and him aren't back together. Like they didn't get back together last book. So I think this ghostwriter's decided that they're just like still a thing. I don't know. Didn't make sense. Um, yeah, it seems yeah. like they're interacting obviously as roommates because Vanessa is just kind of living in the house now. And Dan is really wants what he can't have. Now that they're friends, yeah. he wants to date classic dan but he does meet a new boy at his job his new co-worker if you will his name is greg and greg actually recognizes dan from the the like week he spent leading the raves as their lead singer he also knows him from his new yorker poem sluts big yeah. so dan is like super so greg's excited. a big fan yeah greg's a super yeah. fan yeah, exactly. Greg says that he um, wants to start a salon type thing, which is essentially where a big get together of literary writers, enthusiasts, share work that they're really excited about. And Dan's like, don't worry, Greg, I'll help you write up the introduction email to try to get people, get excitement stoked. Yeah. So, Dan, yeah, cool for them. They're going to be little besties and they're going to make this little salon happen mm-hmm. um, and be pretentious together. Love it. 
Um, Vanessa, while she is nannying, gets invited to go on their family trip to the Hamptons. And that's literally all that happens in that chapter. That is my only note. Yeah, Vanessa's like, why wouldn't I fuck off to the Hamptons? It's not like... And she, being yeah. around Dan is weird. You guys live together. Yeah, exactly. And she, you can go make more money if you're working full time in the Hamptons. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. laying out on the beach and you get money paid for that? Not the worst I way. Do. Not the worst way. No. Blair and Serena are figuring out life with Bailey Winters, living in her his pool house. And they are not really fond of Ibiza and Svetlana, who copy all their mm-hmm. looks. Um learning everything about them so they can kind of model them on stage. So they stage this, like, weird coup about swimming naked, convincing their copycats to also swim naked. And they, like, Blair and Serena run off before anyone can find them, and the whole get is that the waiter, the butler, uh, Stefan, finds them just naked, Abiza and Svetlana. Which doesn't make sense because Blair and Serena have never been, like, coy about nudity. So, like, the fact that they're like, oh, we're going to embarrass these models by being naked in front of one person that's probably already seen them naked in the first place just feels weird. Yeah, they do run into Nate while they are naked. And I guess this completely reignites Nate's love for Blair because he's like, wow, I forgot my ex-girlfriend looks really good naked. <laughs> I mean, I uh, can you blame him? I guess not. That's, that's the epitome of why you get back together with someone. You remember that. They were hot. I think he describes, he's like, I saw Blair's birthmark that was shaped like the state of Texas and I was back in love. It's some state. Yeah, and I think he, it might be Texas. He went... Everything's bigger in Texas, like my love for Blair. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Quantified. Um, the next day, Nate is so up in his head about this Texas-shaped birthmark, birthmark from Blair that he goes to breakfast at Coach's and he plays hooky um, and gets Anthony to pick him up. And Anthony's like, bud, you got to be having more fun. You can't just work to get your diploma all summer. Through a cloud of weed smoke, Anthony reaches out <laughs> and delivers two words that change Nate's trajectory, which is just carpe diem. And Nate goes, oh, fuck. I should carpe diem. Wow. I should tell Blair that I I think I love her. Yeah. So uh, he's going to try yeah, to go after so Blair. Nate's a changed man. He is. He's finally going to escape Babs, which honestly he should. I think it would be weird if your yeah. coach's wife was hitting on you. Yeah, maybe just a little bit. Um, we could, we check in with Vanessa on um, her trip and, or her, not her trip, her job trip. Uh, and she's asked to cook for the family. And Vanessa's like, I don't know how to cook. Uh, and we don't really know how that plays out. It just sort of happens. Yeah, all she knows how to cook is, like, mac and cheese. And now she has to cook some sort of really fancy salad with the salmon. Yeah. So while she's getting ready to cook, she, like, turns around and Miss Morgan, the twins' mother, has just stripped in the kitchen. The twins are upstairs and she just sees Miss Morgan, like, naked in a thong. Why? Yeah. Going on. Who knows? I don't, that's just the vibe is like parent, just parents and adults. Adults being naked around teenagers. Um, checking back in with Dan. He's at his bookstore and he's becoming really good friends with Greg. But boy, am I shocked that Dan cannot pick up on the very obvious fact that Greg is flirting with him. Like Dan's showing him like a copy of a book and Greg's like, 
holding the book that Dan's holding, but like wrapping his hands around Dan's hands and like holding him for too long. And Dan's just like, Greg's so weird. And I'm like, how are you not like, oh, this guy's clearly hitting on me. Especially when intimacy and touch like that is not really normalized in a male friendship. I think, you know, in a stereotypical, like, female friendship, it'd be weird, but I wouldn't think much of it outside of, like, maybe they're just a really touchy person. Something's wrong. Exactly. But. Yeah, but not to Dan. Not to Dan. They, Dan has officially drafted the invite for this literary salon, and some of the questions to weed out people, which one of them I enjoyed was, do you believe poetry should be more central to the main culture? If so, do you think we should have a poetry idol, like American Idol for poets? Wow. Which I thought was so funny. I was like, Dan is going to hate Instagram poets whenever that comes around. Uh, um, then where am I in my notes? Oh, Vanessa is still on her work trip vacation. She runs into Isabel and Katie and the models at the beach. That's about it. It's not really interesting. Yeah, Katie and Isabel are pretty rude to her, and Vanessa's like, I'm lonely. But she does realize that Blair and Serena are in the Hamptons, so she's going to go look for them. Yes. It is the literary salon night, and Greg shows up to Dan's apartment. He's, like, so excited. He's like, perfect. You have that first edition of The Poet's Way. You can read from it. And Dan, to prepare for this, is like, I bought absinthe. Zero to a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he gets so drunk so fast. I think this was probably my favorite part of the book because it felt like it actually had a plot to it where, um, of course they're prepping for this important thing. Dan gets obliterated so fast, like, cause absinthe is very high alcohol and he just like slurs his way through the start of this meeting and ends up just like passing the fuck out. And when he wakes up, everybody around him is making out. Yeah. And doing other things, too. He says there's, like, an entanglement of seven out of eight limbs, which is wild. I was not expecting it to go this way. I was expecting, like, a side plot where one of the girls had complimented another girl and was like, you look like Tori Amos. And I was like, that's gay. We're going to get a gay subplot. Yeah. And I guess we kind of did here because when he wakes up and the orgy is going on, Greg, who has gotten him some water, like, wakes Stan up by kissing him. Yikes. It's in and Dan at this point is missing Vanessa and his logic is since she had a buzzed cut, kind of kind of feeling a guy's head and stubble is a little bit like kissing Vanessa, so why don't I just keep kissing Greg? Yeah. I mean, is is that a wrong idea? Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. <gasps> Um, Blair is getting more sus of the models at Bailey Winter's home. She doesn't like their vibe and, uh, up to her investigations, she finds that they've put Nair in her shampoo. Um, and Bailey Winter's having this party and they decide they're going to get revenge on, um, Svetlana and Ibiza. Bailey is having an all white party where obviously you dress in all white and, Blair and Serena's mastermind revenge is just to spill these orange drinks that they have on Svetlana and Ibiza. And they do, and Billy Winter freaks out, and then Blair and Serena just ditch the party. Which I feel like, if you're gonna get your whole head nared off, wouldn't you do more? 
Yeah, you probably do more than just splash a little drink on a dress that can be dry cleaned away. Nair um, burns. But the, Have you ever used yeah. Nair? No, I've never used oh my Nair. God. It's always scary. I used me. to be so scared of like shaving my legs in seventh grade that I would use Nair. And I also, one time I like veeded my eyebrows off because I put it oh near my no. eye. So silly. See, that's scary. I know. So yeah, so the fact that the, the punishment did not match the intended crime no. in my opinion. Um, but they run into Nate's backyard since they know how to find it. Uh, and Nate is back there and he's like, they're like, Nate, take us to New York. We have to get out of here. So they're just kind of bailing on this huge opportunity to work with a world famous designer, which is weird. Like ships passing in the night. Vanessa shows up to the party. She's trying to find Blair and Serena. Chuck makes an appearance has a little exchange with her and then quickly leaves. And for a minute, I really thought they were going to set them up. I was like, are they? Yeah, that's what I thought too. Cause she does say that she thinks he's hot a little bit later. She does. But yeah. Vanessa can't find Serena and Blair. Instead, Bailey finds her and is so influenced by the buzzed cut look that that's, that's going to be her new direction with this fashion design. Yeah. Um, and then we smash cut to Blair, Serena, and Nate driving back to new york city convertible top down i imagine it's convertible i don't think it is i think it was um it might have been but nate's like and they're wistful as fuck right now nate's like let's take my parents boat and sail away and never come back um and jason the guy from the last book that blair was flirting with he calls her because he's like hey where have you been we were like flirting and kissing a little bit ago Um, and she just hangs up on him without even talking to him that feels very blair and I can imagine it yeah. too with a flip phone, so it's even more cunty when you snap it. Yeah, the snap it shut. Ugh. That's the only thing I miss about flip phones is that that snap. Would you ever use the bottom half of the phone and then like flip it over to snap it? I yeah. felt so. I was. I felt it was just so satisfying. I was head bitch in charge when I flipped it and did that. Yeah. Absolutely. So they show up to this port because, as Laura said, Nate's whole plan is they're going to sail to Maine on the Charlotte. Uh, but they learn that his dad has taken the boat to Newport. So plan B, all Nate wants to aspire to is just to lay next to Blair. That's all that's yeah. on his mind. He's like, awesome. Can't steal a boat. Gonna lay next to a lady. That's the order of operation. Lay up with a cutie. Um, Rufus is now waking up a very sl- sleepy Dan from, uh, the morning after the salon. Uh, and Dan, hungover and obviously had blacked out, is wondering how far he went with Greg. Uh, he decides to confide in Rufus and Rufus is like all for this. He was like, oh my God, I used to do salons all the time when I was your age. We had so many gay orgies and that's completely normal. Hey, I mean, if it's going to be same sex sex at a literary party, where's my invite? If it's consensual. Yeah, someone get Megan there. I'm down to clown. Yeah. So Dan's whole thing is wondering if he's gay. And he also just received a package in the mail from Jenny that is like an or. Uh, it's like a vase that looks like a penis. So now Dan's like, does just everyone think I'm gay? He's really stressed about and it. And yeah, Dan is Dan is that insecure with about be with being like, wow, everybody knows already. Yeah, I mean, it is it's a pretty scary thing to live through in high school. Yeah. <laughs> Vanessa is posing for Bailey because Bailey is drawing her now, and she decides that she's going to make a documentary out of this lavish, rich Hamptons life while she's there. She's going to film everything while she's staying with Bailey. 
This is kind of when she is watching Chuck in the pool and realizing, wait, Chuck actually might be hot? Or is it just I miss Dan? Or is he actually hot? But then it's... And that it, that's as far as it goes. Like, it. it doesn't continue on in this book. I was really bummed. I thought they were going to, like, maybe make out in a closet or something. I know. I thought so, too. But we didn't get that. I know. So bad. Um, instead, we get a one-page um, excerpt of the postcard that Dan sent Jenny saying that he's gay now. Yep. He's he's really thinking that's, that's it. what it is. Uh, Blair, Nate, and Serena have concluded their road trip by showing up to Serena's apartment. Serena calls her brother and is like, hey, I really don't want a third wheel. Can you just, like, come on this road trip with us? And her brother's like, yeah, just come through Ridgefield. Just come come say hi. Come pick me up. And yeah. Blair is also kind of getting jealous of Serena because, you know, it's a love triangle that'll never end. But yeah. then they all kind of fall asleep just spooning instead. Her, yeah. Nate, and Serena. Yeah. Um... Dan is chain smoking because he thinks he's gay um, and it's very stressful to him. Um, And he starts to remember that he likes boobs and he's like, oh, wait, I might not be gay. He's yeah, he's really excited about this. At the Strand, he's like reading this book that's called Everything You Need to Know About Gay Sex. And then he thinks about Brie for a really long time and he gets a boner. And then that's his proof. And I do love before this, he did write into Gossip Girl wondering if he was gay. And she says... There's two ways of knowing that you're gay. One is having a heavy female friend who's in the theater. And also if you say the word swish once in 24 hours, which was that a thing? I didn't think anyone was saying swish. I mean, swish. Meg, you say swish at least once a day. <laughs> you're right. I'll wake up in a panic in the middle of the night and I'm like, oh, I forgot to do my swish exercise. You sign all your emails swish, Maggie. Okay. All right. Noted. <laughs> write that down. Write that down. Yeah, write that down. New personality trait unlocked. Yeah. Um, Eric uh, decides to come home to Serena and his family home. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Ser- Serena's birthday tomorrow suddenly. Did they mention that before this exact moment? Because I was like, wait, what? This <laughs> felt wild to me because it's her 18th birthday. And the Serena I know would never just yeah. downplay 18. That's a pretty big age. No. Oh, she'd have a huge party but yeah it's very much like oh side thought her birthday's tomorrow and there's a huge party all of a sudden and she sees this uh guy henry who she had an uh, a f- an old flame with like a year ago and she ran away from him because he had feelings for her so eric has thrown this huge party at their house um serena is talking to henry thinking maybe i'll only ever love nate i don't really know And is kind of trying to fill that void by sparking the flame with Henry. Yeah. Yeah. Vanessa, meanwhile, she's continuing to shoot her documentary at Bailey's Avery. Aviary? Aviary. That's how you say it. And Bailey sees her and is pretty mad that she's in there. Mad that she has a camera. Is like, don't come in my aviary. This is my place of wonderment and imagination and I need to work. Um, and they're going to talk about her punishment later. And she's like, actually, no, we're not. I'm fucking leaving. I'm not going to be here for that. Yes. So she's like, bye, Bailey. Fuck this. Um, back at the party, Eric is drunk. He talks to Blair. Um, I was kind of expecting it to be like a little flirty because they obviously like almost hooked up that one book. But it's just clear that he's drunk. This conversation between them feels very unimportant. If anything, it just feels like a mechanism to get Nate to interrupt and save her, which felt really lame. 
Yeah, um, oh no, not the yeah. less hot guy coming to save me from my best yeah. friend's really hot brother. Oh my god, a poor thing. Um, and Nate interrupts and is like, Oh, Blair, you looked like you needed some saving there. Can, I, can we go and talk somewhere? Whatever. So they're going to talk upstairs, and on the way upstairs, he finally, for the first time, says, I love you. Which, <gasps> aw, but... Um, calamity strikes you're nine books too late buddy (laughs) i know we've been we've been back and forth on this literally like beating a dead horse at this point (laughs) seriously but uh uh uh-oh though serena uh, overhears uh, uh oh yeah Yeah, not good for serena on her 18th birthday Mm -hmm. so she goes over to get henry's attention because she's just like you know what fuck this i i can get any guy that i want why would i be dealing with this exactly um, Dan has invited, meanwhile, Dan has invited Greg over to explore and discover his gayness. Um, and they're watching, like, a documentary. And Dan is very much pushing for this. Like, he lowers the volume down to, like, set the documentary to, like, ambient makeout time music sound. Uh, but Rufus decides to interrupt and Dan's like, woo, thank God my Dan interrupted. Um... So it's intri- it's intriguing here. <laughs> yes, and I do find this once again a ghostwriter moment interesting because Dan would clearly only be trying to be gay for the plot. Like I Yeah. This Dan would be using this for writing inspiration. The fact that he wasn't like this is inspiring so many poems for me is insane to me. Yes, like I in a weird way and I know that this wasn't the way it was intended it's like almost the most authentic we get Dan because he's living in the moment and is like actively trying to do this as opposed to everything that feels almost not natural to him which is every time he was kissing Vanessa he was writing it down and doing it for the plot this is the first time he hasn't done something for the plot and it is a really big deal there is a really good line here though that I wrote down, we get this great line that says, quote, he nodded miserably. There was no use fighting fate, was there? He was gay now. Everywhere he turned, there were signs from the universe telling him this. And I thought it was really funny. (laughs) You're like, yeah, you know, you felt defeated when you found out you were gay, right, Maggie? (laughs) I know that people say it's like really liberating to come out of the closet, but yeah, exactly. I felt so defeated. I was like, no shit, now I gotta be myself? That's crazy. Oh man, what a bummer to finally realize I can be my true what self. A this is awful. Yeah. <laughs> um, Blair and Nate um weirdly aren't fucking. They're just jumping on a bed and agreeing they're back together. So this felt very not Blair and Nate because we know that they are very horny for each other. So this ghostwriter did not do their research. No, that's. It seems like they exchanged one more "I love you" before sex time. Serena wakes up the next day to Henry just beside her in the bed, and she writes a note that she ends up dropping in Nate's car, which, uh uh-oh, what's that gonna be? Uh Uh-oh. What's it gonna be? Um, we get another one-page excerpt of Jenny sending Dan a congrats on being gay letter, uh, in which she notably asks him if he likes ice skating now. (laughs) She does also note that he used to dress up in her mom's clothes, which is gay. It's a gay thing. It's, yeah, that's all the things that gay people do. Um, Vanessa gets back to New York, gets back to Rufus and Dan's apartment. 
um, and immediately notices that Dan is acting weird. And Dan comes out to Vanessa and Vanessa's like, oh, okay, it's cool. Like if you're exploring, you know, I'm, I'm all here for it. And she says she wants to meet Greg. He does come out by saying, I let some guy at the Strand kiss me. I'm gay. My dad said he used to do some gay stuff, but like, I'm really gay. And then he does go on to say, I don't really like kissing boys, but I did, which isn't gay, but okay, let's keep figuring it out. Listen, I'll be the doctor who diagnoses Dan as gay, okay? I feel like there is a business to be had for gay diagnosis doctor, so. Vanessa does consider, hey, maybe you're bi, which is, it's still gay, but I also, that maybe yeah. he is bi. And, like, this is such a yeah. breath of fresh air for Dan. He's like, oh, phew, I'm not all the way gay, which. Yeah, it's like, buddy. Um, he says there's nothing wrong Blair... with being gay because Thomas Mann is gay, too. That was a that was a point that I also really <laughs> That loved. was really funny. Um, Blair and Nate have snuck out of Serena's and they are driving in Nate's car uh, to go to Newport to get his dad's boat. Um, and they stop at a roadside attraction. Um, Nate gets a call from his coach who is basically like, how dare you fucking bail on our agreement? You are never getting your diploma now. Big mistake. He also knows that he smoked pot under his roof, which, uh-oh. Buy diploma. Is, yeah, it's not good. He's like, I should have just fucked his wife when she had, when I had the chance. She would have kept her mouth shut. Yeah, he then. started banging his, his fists on the hood of his car. He's so mad. Yeah, and he went, stupid, stupid, stupid. Exactly. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Blair was reading the note she found. Yeah, she found it in the glove compartment of his car while he is, like, off going to the bathroom. And Serena wrote that she loves him, so Blair tears it up and just tosses it over the side of this overlook. Yeah, but also really bold of Serena to put a note in a glove compartment, like, thinking, like, Nate's gonna open this soon. Because, like, you don't open a glove compartment often when, you know, you're in your car. And you also don't just, like, you know dig around like there's so many papers in nick's car like how would we find a letter in there the only time i would open it is probably if i'm getting pulled over yeah Yeah. i'd be like license and registration and i'd be like here's this envelope i found this must be it it says my name on it (laughs) can you imagine the police officer like reading it and he's like uh buddy i'm gonna pause i'm gonna pause i think you need to read this pause this interaction um so serene yeah, Serena's uh, waltzing around her house, having second thoughts on giving that note to Nate. Fair. Um, fair. Honestly, kind of embarrassing for her to be that vulnerable. So Yeah, really. The The moral of the story is don't be vulnerable with your feelings if you're listening yeah, to this. you should never, never open up to anybody. That is the motto of Y'all We Read It. Exactly. Don't open up. And Serena is learning a lesson we should have told her years ago. Nate, meanwhile, is pretty concerned because he's not going to get his diploma, but he says fuck it because they're going to head to Newport and he's going to go ahead with his plan to just kind of hang out with Blair on his boat. And that and like we get kind of like a wrap up Gossip Girl post that it's like, where will Blair and Nate sail to? What will Serena do next? Is Dan gay still? Uh, And that's weirdly where the book ends. Yeah, there is like one fourth wall break in that Gossip Girl post where the Gossip Girl is like rambling and she's like, what am I, Cicely Von Ziegler? And I was like, all right, this is way too much. This is too much of a gotcha. Eye roll. Yeah. Yeah, hate hate this. Um, And that's it. Should we do our canceled character? Yeah, let's do the canceled character. 
Okay. Uh, I'm kind of torn between two. Okay. But I think I'm going to say Coach's Wife because that was weirdly predatory. I do think in the vein of this book, I would probably I would probably pick Babs too. That was pretty weird. Um, yeah. I'm going to let Greg off mostly because... Uh, well, I don't know. It's like a young person. That was my second one. Yeah. I, I thought about this so long today and it was like, I'm so hesitant to cancel Greg because yeah, as a person who uh, is very uh, particular. As a person named Greg, Maggie continues. As a person who is and also very protective of the gay people. On his behalf, I would have to cancel um, the author because I'm so tired of like... I thought about canceling the author too. I'm so tired of like the predatory gay um, archetype. And it comes up all the time as a substitute of like actually knowing how to deal through those things and it it being maybe a miscommunication. And I can't imagine how awful that would have been to read this and feeling gross about it as a young kid. So I'll let Greg off. Oh yeah, this author sucked yeah i was like really Um, annoyed yeah this book like i again i felt like i was just like skimming it at points because i was like this is just not a good book yeah and i was telling laura before we started uh zooming or recording this that i was like for the most sexual book in the terms of how many times it detoured into harassment assault territory this was the book that had the least amount of sex in it like, I think the author yeah. just needs to get laid, to be quite honest. Yeah, the author felt very, like, oh, I'm gonna be, like, raunchy, but, like, didn't put any sex scenes in it. It's weird. It was wild. It was so crazy. Yeah. So, I'll concede to Babs, and I will also offer up whoever Mystery Ghostwriter is. Hey, but if you want to come on the podcast, yeah. I might actually have a bone to and pick And talk with to you. us about it? Yeah. <laughs> but do come on. Do come on. Maybe I'll be kind do of nice. Do come on. You can always talk about how you've learned from your past. We love that. We do love learning. We love growth. Um, and I think that's going to bring us to our top five. Um, and after a long, hours-long deliberation of what our top five should be, um, Maggie and I agreed that this should be our top five better pranks for Serena and Blair to pull on um, Svetlana and Ibiza. Reiterating again, like, if you're going to almost make me go bald... And I'm a 16-year-old girl, and hair is the only accessory that makes me hot to the yeah. world. Like, Come on. Sorry. Who wants to yeah. start? You or me? You should start. Coming in at number five, I was like, why not start with the basics? Why don't you just prank call everyone in the Hamptons with some fake news and blame it on Ibiza and Svetlana? Exactly. Easy. Bada bing, bada boom. It's easy. It's easy. Number four, a little bit more thought out, we would say, um, carrying on a fake relationship with uh, Biza and Svetlana, making them fall in love with you, only to toy with their emotions and ultimately break their hearts in the end. I think this would have been fun, especially if you're going to be with them all summer. You have months to just to just let them fester and fall in love, and then you ultimately break their hearts. It's amazing. Very John Tucker what a great, I. What a great prank. Love it. Number three, I don't know if this is much as a prank, more so it is a way of life, but maybe they just steal Ibiza and Svetlana's phones, give Yowie Reddit five stars on every device in an Apple store. Yeah, they'll be like, why is this my number one listened to podcast? That's really interesting. Hey, and if you catch yourself in a Best Buy in (laughs) Iowa, Chicago, Georgia, and New York, and you see that it's subscribed, just leave that phone alone. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. 
Uh, number two, we were thinking that they could just frame them for a bank robbery. Again, one that requires lots of thought, planning, and commitment. But wouldn't it just be really funny to blame them for something that you did? You've heard of Ocean's Eleven. Now get ready for Hamptons too. Wow. Thank you. Think about that, Hollywood. And number one, we were kind of thinking, what if they just posed as another fashion designer that kind of lured them away from Bailey Winter? Yeah, that'd be really fun. That would have been a really fun book to read. I agree. Yeah, so that's a bummer. Um, But I guess that leaves us with um, Would I Lie to You? And I wouldn't lie to you. This book was not good. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not going to lie to you either. This is probably the weakest of the books. And I would love, you know, in two books when we are done. I, I feel like we should make a definitive ranking of books because there were some in the series that I did genuinely Ooh, like. Yeah, we should do that. That should be in our wrap up episode. We'll do a definitive ranking. So stick around with us for that. And in the meantime, if you want to stick around with us online, you can follow us at Yaoi Reddit on Twitter and TikTok. Uh, we're also Maggie underscore and underscore Laura on Instagram. Uh, and that is going to be it, I think, for this episode. We will be back next week with book 11, which is technically the last book in the main Gossip Girl series. And then we're reading the after book that like kind of picks up with them after college and how their lives all played out. We're not doing the prequel. Sorry, y'all. Uh, but we got we got other seasons we got to get under our belt. So we're going to tie up the season nice and easy. With a coquettish bow. Absolutely. What Maggie said. Um, All right. Awesome. Bye, everyone.